the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, family. The biggest reject that ever lived in this world is that man right there. The biggest reject. What I mean by reject? Somebody that nobody really was ever satisfied with. And until today, nobody is ever really satisfied with him. Jesus, today in the gospel, he tries to meet a man where he's at. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector, which means that nobody likes him. He's also a reject. A tax collector at that time was somebody who rejected and betrayed his own people, right, to go on the side of the Romans. He betrayed the, the Jews, went on the side of the Romans, and started collecting taxes from his own people. And then pocketing it. So you can imagine, at this point, Zacchaeus is not very much liked. Jesus today likes Zacchaeus. Jesus today does the opposite of what everybody else does in the gospel today. Jesus shows love. He validates Zacchaeus as a person, not as a mujrim, a, a, a criminal, a thief. He actually sees him for who he is. And today, again, Jesus is a reject. People are not happy. Jesus actually shows love, and, and it says, and the people murmured. They talked. They murmured. All because Jesus went into the house of a sinner. All because Jesus showed love and kindness to a person that everybody else might have thought he didn't deserve it. But Jesus knew more. Jesus saw more in that man. And so he went into his house. Today, what I want us to focus on, an aspect that I want to focus on in the gospel today, is pleasing man. The desire to please people around us, over-pleasing God. As humans, it's a natural part of the human heart to want to be accepted, to want to be approved, to want to be uh, praised by others. That's a, normal, that's a normal desire in the human heart, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing for somebody to look at you and give you a compliment and to, to lift you up and say, hey, you know, you did a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. The issue is that us being weak sinners, sometimes we have these moments where we become so dependent. Our whole entire mental health and our stability becomes dependent on what people are going to say about us or whether or not people are happy with something that I said or I did. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're living in a world and we're living in a mentality of constantly trying to please other people. 
Sometimes we don't even realize that we're so dissatisfied even with ourselves and so we do things to try to prove something to ourselves even. Today what I love about Zacchaeus is Zacchaeus goes really out of the norm. This man is rich. And rich men, especially at that time, would never be seen climbing up a tree. That would be a razala. That would be embarrassing. That would be considered embarrassing. But today, he goes, he, he climbs up a tree. Imagine this like rich official, right? Imagine a politician today climbing up a tree. It'd be weird. He climbs up this tree. And he sits on this tree and he's just all because he wants to see who Jesus is. He's gone to the point where he doesn't care what anybody else is going to say about him because he just wants Jesus. And even if that means that he's going to look weird or people are going to make fun of him, he's going to go and see Jesus. He doesn't care anymore. And he climbs up that tree. And sure enough, people talk about him. Sure enough, people are dissatisfied with him. But he doesn't care. Because he allowed, I think Zacchaeus at this point in his life, he's allowed people to control him and he's lived for the sake of trying to please himself. Maybe not necessarily trying to please other people, but he's actually been trying to please himself, prove something to himself that he doesn't quite believe in himself. Meaning he's so insecure about himself that he probably went to these low degrees of stealing from the people around him to prove something about himself. I, my theory is that he had little man syndrome because it says he was short. Do you know what little man syndrome is? Little man syndrome is when somebody feels insecure about themselves so they do things to try to prove how great they are to people. I think that was maybe Zacchaeus's problem because he was insecure within himself. How many of us today are living that way? And, and really, I mean, if you look at our community, it's so beautiful, and we're so close, and we all know each other, and, and I, I love our Keldane community. I think our community is one of the most beautiful communities in the whole entire world. There are so many beautiful things about our community. And one of the beautiful things is that we're all related somehow. We all know each other. Everybody knows somebody, everybody's related to somebody, even if you're from different villages. You know somebody that from that village and you know how you're related to somebody in that village and we're all connected somehow. And it's so beautiful. One of the, the downfalls of that is that because we're all so close, sometimes we think that we have a right to know everything about everybody, right? Sometimes we just kind of feel like, you know, I mean, we've got, I got to know what's going on with Flan. I got to know what's, you know, what is the tea? Have you ever heard that? What's the tea on that? Have you ever heard that before? You know what the tea is? Is, you know, the, um, the, the British ladies, when they would go to tea and they would drink tea and they would talk about the gossip about everybody around them and what was going on in the community at the time. Well, I think as Chaldeans, we do a really good job. We got the tea on everybody. To, the past two weeks, I've been the tea. If you know what I'm talking about. I've been the tea. And so, we kind of just, we, we love to have our opinion and we love to just get in and talk about this and talk about that. It's, it's spicy. It's something exciting. 
did you see Father Patrick dancing at the festival? <laughs> oh my gosh, so what's your take on that? My brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to explain ourselves to people, and you know what? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes, it being in this community, we do need to clarify ourselves with people. But sometimes I think we allow people and the fear of wanting to please them, we allow that to take over us and we give way too much than we need to. We don't know boundaries sometimes with our family members, with the people around us. Sometimes we have this, this false humility inside of us because we want to do good for people. We're constantly doing so much good for people, but we're hurting ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we think that we're not as important as other people, so we put ourselves last just because we want to please other people. And in the end, who gets hurt? Who's exhausted? We are. Sometimes we go to the other extreme, and so we need to know when it's okay to say no. Sometimes we have to say no to people, and sometimes we have to talk, and we have to explain, and we have to have that conversation. We need to hash it out. Sometimes, no matter what you do, people will never be satisfied. I'll tell you a story about a man. He was uh, walking with his son in the market. And both of them got on their donkey. And they're riding on this donkey in the marketplace. And the people in the marketplace are look, going, wow, so inconsiderate. Two of them are, are sitting on top of that poor donkey. The father hears this and he's like, oh, maybe they're right. So then he gets off, okay, and he leaves his son on there, and they're walking. And another person, another merchant goes, oh, my goodness, what kind of father is this? He's leaving his son on the donkey. That's so dangerous. He's not on it. So then he's like, oh, my gosh, i gotta take my son off, right? So then he gets on. And then he lets his son walk, and he's like, the, the next guy goes, are you kidding me? What kind of selfish father is this guy? You know, I mean, he's so selfish. He's on the donkey, and he's letting his son walk. So then he gets off, and they're walking together, and neither of them are on the donkey this time, and they're walking. And another guy goes, oh, my goodness, how dumb are these two? They have a donkey, and they're walking. <laughs> That's kind of how I've been feeling lately. So I figured I'd explain myself. <clears throat> Who've been talking up in here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously you saw, you know, the, the video of, of me dancing Bagia at, um, at the church festival. And um, I really, this is not um, so much me just trying to get people's approval. To be honest with you, if I was looking for people's approval, I wouldn't have danced because I knew exactly what was going to happen. However, I do think that me being a father and me being in this community and being a leader in the community, it is important for me to clarify a couple of things. Like I said, sometimes we gotta hash things out. First of all, dancing is not a sin. Dancing is a human expression of joy. I don't know why people have this expectation of the priest, again, priests having to live for the expectations of others, that priests just have to be miserable and sad 
and never ever do anything in life that's joyful. We have to just be angry and yelling at you all day. We don't want to yell at you all day. Sometimes we want to dance with you. And so there were people that on social media that everybody had their own opinion. For the most part, I really do want to, I, I want to thank the people who, who supported and who encouraged uh, uh, the dance. I really appreciate that. But then, you know, again, there, there, was, there were those people that said, well, you know, Father, maybe you should have danced, but you should have taken your collar off. I'm not going to take my collar off. I'm a priest. And I'm a priest with my collar on. I'm a priest with my collar off. But I'm going to keep my collar on because there's nothing wrong with a priest dancing. So the collar doesn't get dirtied because I dance. Right? And then another person said, well, Father, um, what you're, um, I said, you know, I clarified myself on social media and I said, you know, dancing, um, King David danced for God. When they brought the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant, King David danced for joy. He loved the Psalms talk about dancing for God, for joy. And they said, don't compare your dancing to the dancing in the So I have a question. How do you dance in, like, do you do, like, the sign of the cross and dance? <laughs> Again, you'll never win. I'll never win. So really, no, no, really. I mean, how do you dance biblically? biblically? Somebody teach me. I promise I'll do it. Okay? In that moment, right, in that moment, I'm dancing out of pure joy. Pure joy. I was so excited to see all of my people, all of the people from this church, and we were just having a good time. How do you know what was going on in my heart when I danced? How do you know that I wasn't dancing for the Lord? How can we say, Father, what you were doing was not for God? So, again, if I am waiting on people to try to read my heart and to know my heart, I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to feel like I have to keep up and I'm always going to be nervous. And so what I did was, you know what I did? I had so many voices in my head. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have danced. Maybe I should have. Maybe this was a good thing. Maybe this was a bad thing. And I, for a minute, the devil wanted to make me go crazy. Too many voices. And then I said to myself, you need to stop and you need to ask God, what do you have to say about this? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to use this as an excuse because maybe I did something wrong and I was totally okay with praying about that. I said, Lord, you know, I don't think I did something wrong, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm deceiving myself. Maybe I'm making excuses for myself. And so what I did was I asked the Lord, Lord, speak to me and tell me, Lord, did I do something wrong? And I opened up the Bible randomly and I read something very clear that spoke to me about Pharisees who are constantly uh, uh, this was in um, in the um, in the acts of uh, the book of first uh, Corinthians talking about how the Pharisees put unrealistic expectations on disciples and I said you know what I got it Lord thank you thank you Jesus, as long as you're pleased with me, that's all that matters. As long, if, if I have to say yes to somebody, 
If, it's, if Jesus wants me to say yes, then I'm going to say yes. If Jesus wants me to say no, I'm going to say no. Whether or not people like it, they don't like it. At the end of the day, people will always have something to say. People sometimes will never be satisfied. But who we need to be satisfying is God alone. And I really had to learn that this week. I'm speaking to you not as a priest, but, but just human to human. I had to learn that this week. Go back to the basics. Go back to the foundation. What does God say about Is God pleased with me? And if I am not seeking God and pleasing God first, and I put people first, never going to be satisfied. Always going to be unhappy. Always going to think that there's something wrong with me. And at the end of the day, sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes the problem is them. Because sometimes people are just never satisfied with themselves. And when we're unsatisfied with ourselves, what we do is we try to make other people unsatisfied about themselves. People that are insecure create insecurity. People who are hurt hurt people. And so what we need to all do at the exact same time is go back to Jesus, what do you say about me? To find that security in Jesus, to know that Jesus looks upon me and he's pleased is the greatest, most liberating feeling in the world. And I say that to you as somebody who had to go through it this week and somebody who's come out and said, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, because you're pleased with me. Hey, sometimes God isn't pleased with our actions. And sometimes we have to take criticism from other people and we have to listen. Somebody just recently told me, Father, your homilies have gotten too long. Okay, so I'm about to cut it right now because I think I've already gone a little too long, okay? But no, and that, maybe that's a fair criticism that I have to take into consideration. But then other times I have to say, you know what? This one is coming from God. This one is coming from God. And we have to discern that. We have to take the time to pray and to listen to God's voice so that God is the one that's leading my life and God is the one that's showing me who I am and what to do and not other people. Amen? Because at the end of the day, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen. Was that too long? Okay, all right.